0: back listening to coffee with the sarlows i'm kelly sarlow
1: and i'm karen
0: sarlow and today i believe we're talking about one of the treatments that you recently did yes yes
1: okay tell yeah. me all about it okay um i'm gonna call her margaret
0: uh and <laughs> i think it's funny because you, you choose the oldest names <laughs> but
1: okay okay how about amanda sure okay because <laughs> i saw the name amanda right behind your head <laughs> okay okay um Well, um, Amanda came a couple of days ago. Um, She'd seen me once before and came back because she wanted to connect with her mom and dad, but her biological mom and dad, not her um, adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. And Amanda would be, I think, I'm going to guess like around 70, 72. Um, And she didn't know she could do stuff like this before, so when she came the first time, she was figuring out by going through the session, uh, different things that you can do. And she decided to come back. Um, different things you can do. You're, you're talking about like different questions she can ask. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so that's Parker in the background.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) Oh yeah. You can hear him. Very vocal. Maybe in in all these shows you'll hear a little of Parker. (laughs) Okay, um, so anyway, so um, in the first session she'd come in for medical stuff and then when she realized some of the things we could do together and with her spirit and the people on the other side she decided she was going to come back for the um, uh, finding out about her her biological parents just to see if we even could do it. And uh, her her mom came through first Um, and part of the reason that she wanted to come was that she had lost her husband, her daughter, and her mom all really recently. I think with like in a year or something like that was really mm-hmm. close. So, also lots of just grieving. Yeah, yeah, like right at the top, which I think for her was just kind of bringing up well, if I've lost all of these people now, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do you kind of go forward when everybody's gone? I guess. I don't know, because I haven't got there.
0: She's only had one or two sessions?
1: Uh, one. yeah. So the second one was this one was where she wanted to know about her biological parents. And um, so her her mom came through. Uh, and I'll say her, her mom referring to the biological mother, unless I say the adoptive mother. Yeah. How's that? Even though I think very much I'm getting that somewhat reversed, because her adoptive mom was really her mom her whole life mm-hmm. so anyway she wanted to know what had happened when she was given up for adoption she didn't understand it and she had certain feelings how old do you know how old is she now no sorry how old was she when she was given up for adoption yeah six weeks oh okay so young So yeah no memory yeah she had a, she has a little bit of information mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't know how she's able to confirm some of these things either mm. uh but she was able to say some things but she was adopted uh, or given up for adoption at 6 weeks but there was a bit of a story behind that um what happened was her mom said that she was 16 and she was right from around in this area actually not north bay but area and um when her mom got pregnant um her 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 by bi- her dad her biological dad um, was It was in the, I guess, around wartime to some degree, and um, he was um, thinking that he was going to war, so he didn't know that all, his girlfriend um, was pregnant, hmm. so he goes to war, but he doesn't leave Canada. That was my phone. I didn't fart. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to turn that on silent.
1: Okay. So he goes he goes off for training I'll call it but ends up staying in Canada and um she decides that she can't keep the child she's 16 her parents don't have the money this isn't a rich family um not meaning just that rich people keep their kids but mm-hmm. her parents just decided they couldn't do this um and that they couldn't help her with this mm-hmm. Um, and there were other things like religion in the background where you're not supposed to keep a baby and you're not supposed to get pregnant, let alone keep a baby. Yeah. So there were, there were lots of these different things and medical issues too. So her mom gives her up for adoption. Sorry, She's, medical issues for who? Well, there were going to be medical issues in the whole family. Oh, and okay. Is, and we're is, finding is, this out. Yeah. This is what comes through <clears> in <throat> the session. So anyway, she, um, her mom gives her up for adoption in this small community um and finds out that she's not going to be she's not being treated well she's she's not being fed properly her diapers aren't being changed that the people who've adopted her aren't caring for her and so she goes back and she gets her baby oh wow and she says if you're not going to take care of my baby then you're just not going to have her Mm -hmm. which i think is just phenomenal and then so she takes her back and then finds another family to adopt her Mm -hmm. which I think was just incredible and so not the process these days yeah so like anyway so she finds out then that her mother really loves her Mm -hmm. and that even though she can't care for her she really is trying to take care of her in a way that she can to a degree and then has to let go and it, it's so incredible because one of the things she has the hardest time with it when she's actually adopted is she has a fear of being left all the time. So she has to always fix things. She has to fix her husband. She has to fix her kids. She can't let anything go because she has this deep fear of of being abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I think
0: a lot of people connect with that.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, it's not to be rude, but it's textbook, um, kind of that cliche textbook uh, personality, if, if you're adopted, that you have that fear of abandonment.
1: And I find it interesting because she was only six weeks old. Mm-hmm. So it isn't something that I would say some people think that she could be aware enough of to kind of hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it says a lot about um, cellular memory, the cellular memory. And also the fact that it doesn't mean that nobody should give a child up for adoption. Mm -hmm. It, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that she was loved in the process and that, um, even though you feel those things, you still have to deal with all of that. You have to be able to work at it because no life is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so forward going. So she moves into the next, What's that forward going? I've never heard that. Oh, god, or I don't know. So she comes <clears throat> into this family and they absolutely love her. She has a mom and a dad that really love her and care for her, and which kudos to a biological mom for doing such a fantastic job. Um, and then she, she you know, fast forward, she marries, she has kids, but she has children, um, with severe medical issues and never. Can t- doesn't know why, so she sends her saliva off for testing. And in the testing in the United States, they give her a medical history to help her understand to some degree what's, gonna, what's going on with her and her kids. But I don't know any of this. I haven't met any of these people. So during the session, her mom comes through and her dad to be able to say, mom was the one that had the brain issues. So she finds out the reason that her children have strokes as babies. Oh, wow. um, That leaves them paralyzed and very debilitated for life. Mm -hmm. um, Has to do with her mom's medical background. And then she finds out from dad that he has heart issues in his family. And so the children all have severe heart issues. So not only do they have stroke and brain injuries, But they have heart issues as well, very severe medical ones. And now her children are in their 40s and 50s now. So this is also during a whole time when we don't have this modern medicine of being able to help them to the same degree. So her children grow up in a lot of pain and with a lot of problems. And also with personality problems that people don't understand.
0: Because of the brain stuff.
1: Yes. And that the school system doesn't understand. Right. Oh, of course. But believes that they're just bad kids mm-hmm. and that, um, or that they're just lazy or that there's, that they're, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say stupid or, and, and, some very harsh words that I'll say people back in my, like our generation, openly said to people like are you stupid can't you figure that out why can't you remember that especially in a system where regurgitating through memory is the only prize to the certificate at the end mm-hmm. it's not always about understanding it's about just memory so if you're born with these problems and there's no medical history to help you i did i'll say identify because the school systems now want to talk about identifying and if they can't identify, where do you get thrown in? So her kids got thrown in, I'll call it the pile of not being able to understand or classify. So they have behavioral issues, but they actually had brain injuries from birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and before birth, defect, genetic DNA. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it was cool. Her dad then came forward to describe his personality. Um, and he told, he showed me what he looked like. So he showed me the color of his hair, which is her color. Now, interesting because she colors her hair a different color. So she shows up with red hair, but she actually has dark brown hair. Mm-hmm. And her dad says, I have your hair color. So if you think, if if people come to to see somebody that's a medium and they think oh you know uh, it's too simple they they just read they they look at me and they get the information mm-hmm. um you know there's there's a good trick for you hair coloring and um her dad coming through and just talking about that he had her he had her hair color um that he had her height she didn't get it from her mom um but her mom did talk about her feet issues and that she had her feet had changed during her lifetime And that as she aged, her feet had started giving her a lot of problems and started deforming in some of the, in the bone around the toes and stuff. And she had, had that, but her dad had the circulation issues in the feet and that was his stuff. So she was getting, in spite of the fact that she's hearing about all of her pain and all of her problems Mm -hmm. with her body, she's beyond happy that she now can say, that she's got her feet like her dad and her circulation like this. And it was really neat because I think of myself where if I've got my mom's hip issues, or my dad's hip issues, I curse them. I don't think yay, doesn't make me happy. It makes me think, uh, son of a gun, I've got my dad's bad hip. Mm -hmm. And she's going woohoo, that she now knows that that bad hip is something she's connected to with her dad. Mm -hmm. And it gives her that connection. And he talked all about his character, how stubborn he was. And um, her husband came through to affirm it, by the way. Because she sat and looked at me and kind of went, well, uh, I don't, I'm not am not really like that. And her husband, who's passed, came yes, through yes, and went, are. oh, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, you are. And I can prove it. You made lists on post-it notes for me to get things done. And you itemized them, number one, number two, and then you drew stars. And then you... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So because she was so obsessed with certain things... Um, we, her husband was able to kind of nail her on it and go, Oh, no, uh, I can prove to you that you are like your dad. Mm-hmm. And I am on the other side. And, and I think that was something that gave her a lot of comfort too, was for her to hear that her husband, her, her current family, her life family, her husband, her biological mom and dad and her children, who had all died, as she's the only one left, were with her biological mom and dad, mm-hmm. and that as she lives the rest of her life, she's comfort knowing they're there, but that when she crosses, that they're all there for her. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really neat. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They they um, they um also talked about the things that she had gone through in this lifetime, too, like all on her own. Um, <clears throat> uh, Like her mom and dad w- would say, when you went through, Um, I c- can't remember all of it now, but Um, geez, I don't, yeah, I'm getting stuck. I don't remember everything, but they would give her specific things, not just her physical pain, but like when, when her sister got sick, um, she they were like, and it wasn't their child. It wasn't their birth child was her sister, Mm -hmm. um, from her bio or her adoptive parents. Um, they would talk about the things that they went through together or felt so that she would understand how connected they were to, to her siblings and her own childhood not just to her family that she married and birthed mm-hmm. but how very much she was they were a part of every little different part of her life her character the things that she struggled with oh and she had specific questions she would say when i when i avoid when i avoid things am i like my my mom or my birth mom she wanted to know which mom she was like. Mm-hmm. She wanted to know if she had patterned the behavior. Uh, yeah, the
0: nature of the nature.
1: Yes, or if she had become that way or was born that way. So here, something really cool for, for me was to be able to talk to somebody who has a birth mom and a biolog- or an adoptive mom, and she's trying to figure out if her personality traits are hers by birth and biology or by patterning, like you said. And I just think that's the coolest thing. I mm-hmm. that made me so excited to be able to go, No, that's your mother. And know that's your adoptive mother. And go back and forth just by listening to her two moms go, No, me, no, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how both moms were just giving her those answers, giggling with her, um, And then giving her the affirmation of one of the stories where when she is an avoider, um, what happened because she avoided. And I just, the moms were laughing with her at the silly mistakes she had made or the pain she had gone through because of some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's really neat.
1: Yeah, I learned a lot, like, um, because I'm a mom, I learned a, a lot about my own mom and how you connect to things like that. I'll say my mother-in-law, who is another mom, where mm-hmm. um, I might pattern and could recognize that I had patterned some of my mother-in-law's traits. And, like washing bananas? Yeah, and washing oranges way ahead of my time before mm-hmm. we, we found out the pesticides were on fruit. And my mother-in-law was way ahead of herself, um, washing meat, or mm-hmm. <laughs> rinsing off the fat yeah. 30 years ago before it was cool. Um, but yeah, so like recognizing that like some of my personality traits and behaviors are like my mother, ex mother-in-laws or my, my mom's or were they things like, could I, did I want to let go of some of them and create new patterns? What, or do you as, Mm -hmm. as the next person in the generation, right? I just, I I just, it really stuck out in my mind her whole session Mm -hmm. and how, um, this lady I met in the grocery store or walking into the grocery store, Parker's grocery store, and um that night and her head was down, she was in her own little world, and I said, "Hi. Hi Amanda." And when she her head popped up and she saw me, she took off like a bee towards me <laughs> and just hugged me and told me how much that had helped her mm-hmm. and how how she was able after 72 years to finally get some answers and to feel light. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, That was my happy dance.
0: I like to, I I know you touched on it, but just reiterating, like, we take for granted the things that we know about
1: our history. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. And that even sometimes, like, and I can think of of times when I've thought of my history, like the sore hip and how often I have to see a chiropractor (laughs) for that sore hip and how I have to have a massage every week or every two weeks because of that hip.
0: But also, like, I mean, um, I'll say a little bit more serious than that, like the congenital things Mm. where, Mm -hmm. and I know, I know for Amanda, it was different because I know her and her children were growing up in a time where they didn't have the same kind of information that we do now. Um, where we're now more equipped to empower ourselves when we know, okay, my dad's side has heart issues. My mom's side has brain issues, Mm -hmm. however that goes. Um, And some people, they are given that information and they do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. And here she is paying, I'll say good money, um, spending her time wanting to know everything so that she can do better for herself.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like for her, it came after her children died and that everybody really had left. She's the last one here. And she was still wanting to get her answers and still be able to spend one hour of her life... um, maybe even in a heck of a lot of fear at the beginning to find out, is it my fault mm-hmm. that, um, <clears throat> and, and why Pardon. is it, why is it all my fault? How ca- was it not my husband's genetics, that had these problems, and did his parents come through? Well, and two, if you don't know, it's a history, like um,
0: mm-hmm. a, a medical history in the family. You're thinking, did I not do a good enough job as a mom? Did I not care for them well enough?
1: Or did the doctors mess up, yes. and is it their fault, and they're just not telling me? Yeah. Um, I think there's so many, so many answers that are given in one whole hour, no matter how scared you are, that she sat there and got her answers. And maybe to some, like to even questions
0: that she didn't even know she had, where the anxiety just kind of sits there and you're not really Mm -hmm. sure how to pinpoint why you're feeling anxious or why the grief won't leave. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, she said that actually, Kelly. She said, she wondered why she, uh, now mind you, she said three deaths in a year. So that's not a wondering why the grief won't leave. You're just in the beginning process of grieving, Mm -hmm. but that she still had felt that she had never been able to let go of grieving that she was adopted and she was told when she was very young she was adopted and she her her parents were so beautiful she didn't have a desire to even seek uh, the biological ones until much later in her life but anyway I don't know where I was going with that I went on a tangent I think and (laughs) I'm gonna end it
0: (laughs) I don't know how to play back from that either (laughs)
1: Are you daydreaming?
0: No, I just, I really didn't know where you were going. So. Oh, good.
1: Okay. Me neither. All right.
0: That's cool, though. I'm glad that you shared that.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I think it's something that I will think about for a long time in how it uh, makes me reflective in a different way about how I've parented you and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, too, in that the desire that I've had.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: In my life to ask my mom. Uh, because my you know, grandpa's passed for 15 years now, but how um, interested I was in um, history, and genealogy. But I think partly for me, because of growing up in a funeral home, that you kind of learn some things and see things a little differently if you've grown up around death your whole life. Well,
0: and I would imagine too, if you're having lunch with a coroner.
1: Yeah. Yes. Be, and, and I don't no, say that's that too true. funny,
0: but just the types of conversations that would come up, I'll say naturally, um, mm-hmm. because you're sitting in probably on business conversation with, with the adults when you were young yeah. uh, and then becoming part of the business that would be in your regular kind of daily conversation well, about why people were dying, why people oh, yeah. were, you know, were coming in so young or so old at that point.
1: Well, it, it, it uh, I just didn't understand when I was young, why babies died mm-hmm. or why children died. And so I do remember always asking the cause of death was so interesting and always on my mind. And I remember my parents had a little brown wooden clipboard that hung in the office by the telephone uh, with all of the death certificates because you had to follow you know procedures when right. a, when a, a person's body was brought in. Anyway, we're going on a, on a totally different topic, but just I remember looking at the cause of death and always wanting to know cause of death. I was obsessed with cause of death uh, for each person that was in that was being waked. And the secondary cause of death. You'd always see primary oh. on the on the death certificate, and then you'd see secondary underneath. Can you, Sorry, can you
0: give kind of an example? I actually haven't heard of that before.
1: Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. And you know what? This is 2015. I'm talking way back into, you know, okay. like the 1960s. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm 53. <laughs> anyway. Um so, so and I, like, I don't know if they're different now, um but anyway, the cause of death on the form would have uh, primary at the top, so primary could be um heart attack and then secondary underneath it could be renal failure or oh. like organ failure or m s um so something that would kind of exacerbate
0: a heart attack coming e- on yes okay. like it
1: would ha- it could have like um Uh, I'll say long standing issues, Mm -hmm. but that they didn't necessarily cause the death. And I use MS or, you know, I don't know, there's so many disease. Yeah, you could have diabetes and not die of diabetes. um, But diabetes would be secondary. uh, So that could be, you know, where the the pancreas is not functioning properly, Mm -hmm. but that the actual cause of death was, was the liver that shut down. I think same thing like in cancer and stuff too. You could have cancer but die of a heart attack. Okay. Good? Yeah. Or stroke. So anyway, cause of death was just always fascinating to me and the secondary things um, and how the secondary things could feed into or did they have a play on the primary cause or was it a total car accident Mm -hmm. and was it random? And why would something be so random? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I just remember, as a, and I don't know why, but I remember as a kid just being fascinated by it.
0: Well, because you think, uh, well, I'm just thinking, tying the story together with, um, with what you're talking about now. If someone was in a vehicle accident and died mm-hmm. that way, but it was because they had a brain aneurysm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then not knowing they have a history of brain disease.
1: Right. Yes. <clears throat> and I think what was important to me was that the family needed to know things like that
0: so that they could rule out suicide they could rule out certain things he fell
1: asleep rule out we don't know what happened i have anxiety and and they caught the anxiety that families would feel not knowing say if there's a head-on collision and you're told that it's your brother that fell asleep at the wheel Mm -hmm. and killed a whole family and then you go to the same funeral home and now everybody's looking at your family like your brother killed my family.
0: Because he was tired.
1: And yes, because yeah. he was tired. And then you find out he wasn't tired. He had a stroke or he had mm-hmm. a heart attack or there were other, like you say, a brain injury or something yeah. from from a football game, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And, and now it exploded as an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have the access to all that stuff but all of that when when you're channeling people who've crossed over you get all of that information Mm -hmm. so even though it could be that this all this shit happened 30 or 50 or 100 years ago you still have access to finding out how
0: Mm. I'm even thinking back to when you and I sat down at uh um with our life insurance woman, I'll call her, uh, Mm. and doing that huge long survey about our our medical Mm -hmm. history to see if we were even insurable. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God, the lengthy questions that they asked. But how Amanda would have had no opportunity to sit down and say, you know, here's what my mom had gone through, here's what my dad had gone through, Mm -hmm. Um, aunts and uncles, because we know they asked about every extended blood relative. Mm Mm-hmm. And how yeah. your
1: insurance rate or mine went up and up and up because I've got eight brothers and sisters
0: mm-hmm.
1: and huge Catholic families with all these medical problems. So my my insurance is skyrocketing. And I'll say to some degree, somebody who's been adoptive might have an awesome insurance plan
0: because they just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So And you would want to know that.
1: Yeah, and I think about her grandchildren now, how she's able to be part of her or give information to grandchildren mm-hmm. and be able to, um, yeah, just just give them their history, give them a story and how that might change the way they grow up versus the way she did or her kids did.
0: Mm-hmm, the way they make decisions.
1: In the way that you can speak to a doctor or a psychiatrist or whatever. A friend. That's, yeah, I like that. hmm Very cool. Anyway, that that's... That's as much as I can remember. We'll put it that way. (laughs) All
0: right. Do you want to call it a day? Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening. Bye.